0: Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Hey, everybody. We are back with another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Tim McMaster here, excited to be joined by Robert Ford, broadcaster for the Houston Astros. The Astros getting ready to take on the Red Sox Game 1 of the American League Division Series just a couple of hours away. So, Robert, thanks for taking some time from your busy day and joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, fans, you know how this works. You can get your questions in via social media uh, using the hashtag chatting cage or get on your computer, use that webcam and ask your own questions of Robert. That's what we love about the Edward Jones chatting cage. All right, we're going to start on social media. And this is the obvious one. Robert, Dave the Brave wants to know what made you want to become a broadcaster?
1: Well, I was a huge baseball fan growing up. I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, Even though I grew up in the Bronx, I was a Mets fan as a kid and uh baseball was my favorite sport as a kid uh enjoyed playing the game realized that uh in high school and i didn't make my high school baseball team and my high school wasn't exactly a baseball powerhouse uh that uh playing baseball wasn't going to be in my future and broadcasting seemed to be the next best thing and you know i used to my dad and i used to sit there and watch mets games when i was growing up and you know we would talk strategy and try and think along with with the managers and things along the uh, along those lines and we paid a lot of attention to the broadcast and so that's really where it all started for me realizing i wasn't going to be able to play and broadcasting might be uh, the next best option for me
0: and of course you don't get to go right from there to the major leagues there's a process you got to pay your dues along the way so that brings us to our next social question what was the journey through broadcasting's ranks like for you specifically some minor league experiences
1: well i I uh, went to college uh, for broadcast journalism at Syracuse University, and uh, I graduated in 2001. I went back home to New York City, and I would sit in the stands at Mets and Yankees games at Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium with my tape recorder and do play-by-play on my tape recorder. I used that uh, the best of what I thought I had from those games, and I made a demo tape, took it with me to the winter meetings in 2001, which were in Boston that year. And I got hired by the Yakima Bears uh, in Washington State, uh, short-season team in the Northwest League, Diamondbacks affiliate. I was there for one season. And that's really where I, I got my feet wet. Then two years in Kalamazoo, Michigan, calling games for the Kalamazoo Kings, an independent team in the Frontier League. And then four years in Binghamton, New York, uh, as the radio broadcaster for the Binghamton Mets, New York Mets A affiliate. Uh, and so seven years total in the minors, then went to Kansas City, got a job there, Uh, as the uh, Royals reporter for their flagship radio station. Did the pregame and postgame call-in show, you know, postgame call-in show, taking calls about, well, the Royals are never going to be good. Why are we wasting our time? Of course, they got good right after I left, which was 2013 when I started uh, with the Houston Astros. So now my fifth year with the Astros.
0: So there you go. Any kids sitting at home, don't think you can just kind of flip a switch and be a major league broadcaster. It is a long road to get to pay your dues. Robert's done that and done a great job of it now with the Astros. We have a fan ready to go here. Just tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Robert. Hi, Robert. This is uh, Bobby from Gainesville, Florida. And I was wondering, um, what has been your favorite thing about being a broadcaster?
1: I mean, really, Bobby, my favorite thing is the fact that I get to watch baseball every single day and I get to talk about baseball every single day. I mean, I, if even if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be talking about baseball all the time anyway, so it's nice to get paid for it. But it's great being able to watch baseball, talk about baseball every single day. Great to visit all the ballparks and, and travel around the country and, and, and watch baseball at its highest level. That's, that's the most fun part of it for me.
0: All right, let's get to the Astros and the Red Sox right now as we go back to social media. Missy Mister 77 Robert, wants to know, how much of a pleasure has it been to watch Justin Verlander pitch every fifth day here late in the season, and what's impressed you the most?
1: Well, what's been impressive, I think, is the fact that whenever you trade for somebody, when their expectations, you always wonder how they're going to do. Are they going to meet those expectations? And Justin Verlander has met every expectation. He's won all five of his starts since coming over. Uh, He has, has basically... Been unhittable since he's gotten here and has been everything you could have possibly have asked for him to be. And that's hard to do. I mean, even with Justin Verlander's track record and what he's done, to be able to meet those expectations, those very high expectations, when you make a trade like the Astros made, to me that's been the most impressive thing about what he's done. And also uh, just hearing from the folks in the clubhouse about how he's already showed some leadership, even though he hasn't been here very long, and also the fact that he's always trying to grow, always trying to learn. The first time he met with our pitching coach Brent Strom with the Astros he asked Brent Strom hey I want to improve my changeup so the first day he gets here he's already thinking about improving his changeup with a pitching coach he had never worked with before I mean all those things have just been really impressive
0: he's got the great postseason track record as well. He'll be on the hill for game one against Chris Sale. What a matchup there in the division series. It's now time for our EDJ question of the day. The question today, Robert, what has been the most exciting thing for you about the Astros' performance throughout 2017?
1: Well, just the way they've been able to go day in and day out and just be pretty consistent. I mean, obviously, They've had stretches where they've played better than other stretches. They've had some stretches where they struggled. But, I mean, when you win 101 games, I mean, you have to go in day in and day out and be consistent day in and day out in every phase of the ball of the game. And the Astros have been able to do that all year. And to me, that's what's been most impressive. I mean, I may never see another team like this ever again, no matter how much longer I call games for the Astros or for anybody else. Uh, I mean, it's it's a really special club uh, just watching the, the way that, They've been able to go about their business every single day.
0: Scary thing is how young they are as well. They could only get better from here maybe. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Thank you for joining us here as we talk to Robert Ford, broadcaster for the Houston Astros. We have a fan getting ready to join us right now. Robert, go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Robert. Hi, I'm Gabby. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. And what was the best game you've ever seen or uh, broadcasted?
1: That's a good question. I'll tell you, the best game that I saw as a fan, uh, like I said, I grew up a Mets fan. And in 1999, I went to the Mets three home games in a National League Championship Series against the Atlanta Braves. The last of those games was game five at Shea Stadium. Uh, that was the Robin Ventura Grand Slam single game 15th inning, Braves scored at top of the 15th, and then the Mets loaded the bases, bottom of the 15th inning. Robin Ventura hit a grand slam, but then he got tackled by Todd Pratt, backup catcher on the Mets, who tackled him between first and second base. So the runs that they needed to win the game counted, but Robin Ventura didn't get credit for a grand slam because he didn't go all the way around the bases. That game was the best game I ever saw as a fan. The best game that I ever saw in person, my favorite game that I've called since I've been with the Astros, is definitely in 2015. August of 2015 against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mike Fiers threw a no-hitter, the only no-hitter I've called in the big leagues and one of three no-hitters I've called in my career, including two that I called when I was a minor league broadcaster.
0: I think most broadcasters tend to point to that sort of thing. If it's not winning a championship, it's that no-hitter, that perfect game, that kind of thing. All right, we're going back to social media here and focusing in on this series a little more. Lone Star 93, Robert wants to know, if you could pick one player from each of the Astros and the Red Sox who could be the X Factor in this series, who would they be?
1: Well, I think from the Astros, I think about Yuli Gurriel. He's had a really good year, hit 299, uh, first rookie with over 40 doubles since Hideki Matsui did it back in 2003. But you think about all the experience he got in Cuba, playing in some of those international tournaments, and I know it wasn't Major League Baseball, But I think that experience in some of those tournaments, those do or die tournaments, playing for the Cuban national team, I think really helps guys who come over from Cuba. We saw it with Orlando Hernandez-El Duque, who was so great in the postseason for the Yankees all those years. And so I think you could see Yuli Gurriel really step up his game even more in the postseason. Uh, As for the Red Sox, what I'm kind of curious to see is what happens uh, with Mookie Betts. You may remember that his hand, he had some problems in his wrist at the end of the year, had some pain. How is he going to be able to perform? Is that going to be behind him? I think we'll find out probably pretty quickly, but Mookie Betts to me is the guy who really makes this Red Sox team go. Obviously, they have a lot of great players, but I think he's really the key for this Red Sox team with what he can do on offense and defense. So those are my two guys, Julie Guriel and Mookie Betts.
0: Good ones. Yeah, when Betts slumped this season, so did the Red Sox. And Guriel, he's technically a rookie, but you said it. All that international experience. Uh, He certainly has that to draw upon. All right, we have another fan ready to go. Tell us your name, where you're from. Ask your question for Robert. Hi, Robert. My name is Steph, and I'm from Tampa, Florida. And I was just curious, what would it mean to this club if Jose Altuve was named the American League MVP?
1: Well, I think it would mean a lot because everybody in that clubhouse knows what Jose Altuve does every day, how he never wants to be out of the lineup, how hard he works every single day. I mean, there are times when A.J. Hinch basically has to tell him, "Hey." show up to the ballpark a little later today just so he won't just swing in the cage, uh, not just during batting practice, but in the cage underneath uh, before games because he'll, he'll just take all this work every single day, no matter what's going on, whether he's in the lineup, not in the lineup. Uh, and so the, this team knows how hard Jose Altuve works and how much he means to this team. So it would be great to see Jose Altuve win the American League MVP. He's my choice for the American League MVP, although I'll admit I'm a little biased.
0: Yeah, certainly, and he's, he's overcome doubters throughout his career. Obviously, just a little guy, five foot seven, maybe on a good day when he's on his tippy toes. Um, it's going <laughs> to come down to him or, or, obviously, Aaron Judge of the Yankees. That brings us to our next social question. It's from N.Y. Manny, and he says, As a native of the Bronx, although I know you said you're a Mets fan, how cool <laughs> would it be for you to see the Yankees and Astros meet in the ALCS?
1: Well, I tell you what, the first postseason game I ever got to call majors or minors, was a 2015 American League wildcard game at Yankee Stadium, and that, I mentioned earlier that the Mike Fires no-hitter, uh, my favorite game that I've called, as a broadcaster, that wildcard game is number two. It was really cool for me and a little emotional for me, to be honest, to be able to call a, a, a playoff game, my first playoff game, uh, just a few subway stops from where I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, that, was, that was a really neat experience. And it would be cool to see the Astros uh, take on the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. It'd be cool to see them take on the Indians. Obviously, personally, i prefer to go to New York over Cleveland, but uh, hopefully the Astros can get past the Red Sox first. But yeah, it would be really cool to see. Uh, the Astros take on the Yankees
0: that wild card game was a quiet night in the Bronx I remember it well Dallas Keiko went out there and from inning one there was little chance for the Yankees in that one so that'll certainly be something to look forward if the Astros and Yankees can both get there that's going to do it for this edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage Robert thank you so much for taking some time and joining us
1: all right thanks for having me and thanks for all the questions
0: all right everybody tune in again next time